0: Okay,
1: thank you. Of course. And uh, when you're ready, you can-
0: Heidi
2: is going to make a major introduction. Wow.
1: As I let others in.
2: While you are letting people in.
1: Yes, while I'm letting people in. Well, we really want to welcome both Cynthia and Annabelle today to our salon because these two women are pursuing the betterment of the earth and the betterment of our societies through what history has taught and ancient uh, philosophies, if I may be so bold to say, and the the, these forests. And um, they're bringing a fantastic exhibit around the world. And there's so much that they want to share with us today to tell us about what they're doing. And so I don't have a real plan with you, Annabelle, and Cynthia, I'm going to put the two of you here as um, pin your speaker spots and you can start.
3: Okay, well, I'm, I think that Cynthia is the um, starting point here. Okay. I just wanted
2: also to mention the fact that maybe 10, 15 years ago, we had the opportunity to travel With Annabelle Ford, who is one of the world's leading archeologists, amongst many other titles, knowledge, experience, and she discovered a site without having the real, real major tools that were not as yet developed. Then she decided that she found a garden, a city, a lifestyle in Belize at the border of Guatemala that from which one could learn not only what they ate, what they created, what they seeded. It was just one of the most magical trips. It was also quite difficult because Annabelle took us on a road that didn't exist. and It, <laughs> took us, it shook us up a bit to, to, I think we took an eight hour trip to get to her site. She says it only took four, but you know, she might know better. It four, but it felt like it. It felt like it, that's right. In any case, it was a magical trip, and we learned so much, and we appreciated so much, and even even the soap that we learned how they made and gave us. There were so many gifts we came back with, and so I was, hoping, I was hoping, I was hoping, I was hoping that we are going to have the opportunity now here to be going away after today with so many of the gifts that Annabelle and Cynthia are going to give us. So please take it away and please accept my everlasting gratitude for that trip and for what we learned and all the things that you have learned since then. Cynthia, you get started? She's not picking up. No, Cynthia. No, Cynthia. We can't lose her.
1: You
0: are on mute, Cynthia. Okay, 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 okay. I just want to say that I'm humbled and it's a privilege and an honor to share. Um, I am in Los Angeles right now and um, it's been a very incredible experience. Um, I want to present that I am Garifuna, a, an indigenous woman. And um, I met Annabelle through um, um, a selfish concern for my children, because my children Harriet, um, the father Harriet Topsy, um, was the head of archaeological monuments in Belize, and um, after his death. Uh, but in 1995, over 20 years ago, I wanted to present his work and honor his work, not just for my children, but for Belize. And Annabelle's name was one that always showed up in our home. And um, I went looking for her. I had no idea what she looked like. I just knew that she was someone who had a key for my life and for my children. So um, my husband had shared his dreams with me about um, bringing archeologists together, a lot of his dreams, you know? And that's why I don't get to interfere in husband and wife affairs because a lot of things are discussed on that pillow. So um, I went to the archeology symposium, which was something that was one of his dreams. And um, I would go like for years um, after his death with my children and grandchildren and do what we call the topsy walk. That was just to walk in and walk out of the, the forum. <laughs> and this particular time I went to Annabelle not knowing that she was Annabelle. And I'll ask her to join me in this conversation because I said, uh, Annabelle, uh, no, I said, uh, do you know where I could find Dr. Annabelle Ford? Yeah, but you know, I think that you actually asked, do I
3: know Annabelle Ford?
0: Okay, it was an inquiry, you know. And so here I was speaking to the Annabelle Ford. And what did you say? I
3: said, well, how, what kind of knowledge are you asking? Do you want to really know, what is it really to know someone? And do I really know who I am, (laughs) who I was? Mm -hmm. Anyway, I just made it a joke, but in the end she
0: got it. (laughs) So we started talking and she started telling me about this El Pilar. And so um, I said, well, I wanna go there. And yes, Eva, it was very magical. It was exciting, it was enchanting. I felt that oneness with nature, I felt that was where I belong. And I was wondering how it was that, how it was that it could be possible that I could have lived in this beautiful country, this beautiful space, and not know that this paradise exists on earth. And so what I did is I immediately took me to the school garden, which should have been a, um, which would have been like a capturing of the essence of the beauty of El Pilar, where we capture um, uh, the world as a classroom and and, and, um, the dominant plants of the Maya and so on as a part of our succession strategy. And immediately I made a phone call to the head of the um, media for the country and I told him about El Pilar, and he said, well, I got to come and see this. And so he came, and we, he took his film crew, and and, he and and she and I started walking El Pilar. And one of the things as we walked, we had this sense of two women from two paths walking on the same path. Annabelle, how, do you, how did you experience that?
3: He followed us, you know? Yeah, okay. René, well, René of course- the, Yeah, oh, you're talking about Renee. Okay, Rene, uh, he, he's very, very um, pro all the possibilities that Belize can bring. And the, the, the real thing I remember first is coming to the garden. And as he came to the garden, there was that young man across the street, the young boy who started, was playing a, a recorder Mm. And he was playing the um, national anthem. And uh, I remember that quite grabbed uh, Rene in a way that really brought the two kinds of thoughts, the historical um, idea of the forest garden and the idea that this is a way we can live, which mm-hmm. we weren't really so into sovereignty then, but now we are. Uh, but yeah. we were thinking of how people lived in the past and how this was a way that people should remember and and continue. And then Absolutely. here was the, the national anthem, which was, of course, uh, as he pointed out, not only is it the wealth untold, but the flag says, under the shade we flourish. And I don't know how much, uh, I mean, at the garden and at El Pilar, we do flourish under the shade, but gosh, where is the shade in many other places? Even the garden city of Belmonton is wanting to change that.
0: Well, our focus was on the beauty and the hope that El Pilar provided and provides for us, the wealth untold, that we are not poor, we are wealthy. If we embrace these, how much, what, 6,000 acres of both um, countries' shared resource, then we can speak from a different place of wealth and power and beauty, not just in Belize, but in the world. And so we, we embraced four pillars, but I wanted to talk a little bit about you and I, Annabelle, because we come from different paths, different cultural geographic paths. And we had some very amazing experiences as we journeyed. One of which was um, we would have what Annabelle called serendipity, <laughs> you know, like, Um, She'd say, well, well, I decided I'm going to follow her because this is a discovery, not just of a physical place, but myself, you know, and I didn't even realize that my dad, God's man, Ellis, had been a part of this project. I learned a lot of things, you know, I saw the place where my husband had um, planted Japanese carpet and then I I learned and I knew that I I love to forest bathe. So I learned a lot of things about myself. And I remember once, um, well, I am someone who is a people person and I would be like, what you call, and so is Annabelle, what we have in common, enigmatic, you know, like we say things that when we say these things, there's a silence in the room. <laughs> That's so, actually true. I remember, look, I have the keys to Belize in terms of official and knowing a lot of people And I remember one day we, um, I said, you know, um, perhaps we can go to the Governor General. We go to the Governor General, Ministry of Foreign Affairs. But this particular time, I was invited to the the British High Commission. There were a select group of us who were to be at this gathering for the foreign minister from England. And um, and Annabel said, well, I'll drive you there. And I said, but you know, it's invitation only. (laughs) And she said, well, I'm your driver. And I said, it's invitation only. And so she drove me there and walked in. (laughs) Remember that, Annabelle? (laughs) And the British High Commissioner graciously behaved as if nothing had happened and found a seat for her. And what I learned from that with her is the audacity that she has, which I also have in different circles, you know, so, another time we went um, to the Governor General, maybe you can tell that story. Oh, that's a crazy story. And, you know, it's
3: almost, it ties up with today, too, because I made a call to the Governor General a couple of days ago on behalf of Fishan um, Ishim, not recall, recalling that what's happening in London right now. And she was leaving for London, you know, Queen. the next day. So, it's just sort of like that. So, we, we, we do what I call the Belmocan shuffle. I Definitely. mean, if we end up in Bel-Mocan, we it's really um, because we have a lot of different objectives. Maybe, you know, I have an, we have several appointments, but then opportunities present themselves. Mm-hmm. And we were driving by the governor generals and, and we could tell that the governor general was there and um, we turned in and they didn't stop us. They just waved us on through. And I thought, well, that's kind of odd. Usually they stop, no, they waved us on through. I should have gotten a clue. Then we get out of the vehicle and go in and, and uh, Cynthia just walks in and asks to see the governor general. And I start looking around at the room and it's like, it's really different. It's set up like there's chairs in one place and there's this, uh, um, the um, flags and there's a paper and pen on the, on a table. I can see that something's really going on. And so Cynthia goes in and talks with, to Miss um, McFadden, right? Fadsen. right, And, um, uh, and this woman is so gracious, again, goes in to ask the governor general if we can see him. And she comes out and says, well, there's a very busy moment. We're going to be, uh, uh, what is it? The, the deputy prime minister is going to be right. sworn in today. Absolutely, we today. <laughs> yeah, right then. And I'm saying, look at the thing, we've got to get out of here. And she says, oh no, we can't get no. out of here. And we end up, they all all these people come in who are supporters of, the deputy prime minister and they position themselves in the media and we're sort of trying to i'm trying to be disappeared and uh i remember the governor general coming in and giving you that sort of glinty wink like i know i know you and i guess you're supposed to be here and of course it was on the media and we we have nothing to do with the um the uh, politics there and the um and the uh uh, signing in, we just happen to be sort of, I don't know, I think in the wrong place at the right time or the right place at the wrong mm-hmm. time. But I love that how the governor general gave you that, that, um, that glint that he has, because he mm-hmm. has, he, he, it's sort of an input. Impo- you can't imagine he's very, very strict and solid, but he has this one way of looking. And you know, that picture of him in the, um, in the uh, National Library, that captured whatever that was.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so one of the things that I love about our relationship, Annabelle, is uh, your humanity and our ability as two women to respect and honor and love each other. Uh, I think it's very rare. Um, and um, one of the experiences, I mean, there are times that we have screamed at each other and hugged each other afterwards. But um, I really wanted to talk about the experience we had with um, the El Pilar Fiesta, the one where um,
3: the, the women,
0: yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about your birthday when the, when the <laughs> world was supposed to end.
3: Yeah, 2012 uh, was supposed to be the end of the world. And we went and camped up at a place right next to El Pilar. and. Mm-hmm. To see if indeed the sun would not come up, and in fact the sun didn't come up, but the day did come. It was just overcast. Absolutely. So, so we ce- celebrated, celebrated the 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 end of the Baktun. That's the Baktun Absolutely. of the baktun. Uh-huh. And, and, and at and, the, uh, the site, right? Yeah, at the site. At, um, and, uh, the area and we're that able is to there. enjoy it. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So we had this um, gathering and what I love about what we do is that we transcend adversity. And the fact that while um, Belize and Guatemala were having political issues and still are, through El El Pilar, we are like a bridge. I call it bridge over troubled waters. And we had this fiesta where we brought people from different cultures and paths, including the Guatemalan (laughs) people, The batonistas, young people, and there's a woman who was in her seventies. She 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 won. She came because we did a run. We did an El run, and when she arrived and was told that she could not run, she was crying, you know. And we said, okay, okay, you can run. So it's that essence of the humanity that I love about our connection with people. Um, we had the Garifuna drummers, we had the Maya, and then. Um, Estella, who is one of the leaders of the community, um, was was not having transportation. So you know that woman, she did not wait. She got a tractor and she brought her entire family to the event because she was not going to miss that event. So it's that power of that tenacity and that strength of people that I think that we are very gifted to be a part of. the, we're telling give, give big nets because these are the give net, big nets that bring hope. Um, at one point in time, in the forest garden, the school garden, maybe you can say something about that, and Annabelle. I want to speak to how the electrical company destroyed about 70 plus trees and more and what happened with that. What I, I can tell the part about what I did to hold the company accountable.
3: Well, I mean, let's look at the, what is the school garden. And that's what, uh, remember, you were mentioning about Renee. In uh, 2008, um, I had wanted to, I had been working with forest gardeners in the community. And I really felt that we needed to have a way, you were talking about succession earlier, that there are these wonderful the kinds of stories and, and experiences I have with these people who really know the forest as a garden um, it seems that that's something that should be passed on to their children, and one of the um, one of the uh, gardeners was uh, the vice principal, and another person was a former uh, alcalde or head person, uh, village council, uh, village head, and they both felt this was really something that they really wanted to see, and they made a sign called Kanankash, which means well-managed forest, and they started um Creating this Kanekash kind of area as a school garden, and the vice principal really wanted to see it be pulled into the curriculum. I was able to get some support from uh, the National Institute of Culture and History, and then later from National Geographic, to create um, some infrastructure there. And through the course of time, and this event that um, this event that uh, Cynthia is talking about is coming, you know, pretty much ten years into the process. And by then we had some pretty good sized um, cedar trees. We had, I don't know, there were, like you said, there was like 70 trees that they simply hacked. They didn't even just trim, they hacked um, and really uh, down to the ground. Um, and these are valuable wood trees that would have been, you know, big trees by now, 20 years later, and yeah. also something that would have been um, something that could support the school in other ways, you know? And um, and it was miss it was construed well uh, it seems that the um, uh, the, believe- the electrical um, uh, company decided to put in uh, electrical line and instead of conferring with the school or with people yeah they decided they simply would cut everything in the line which okay. is something they're doing overall instead of All saying in do-, do we need to cut these trees. Or how can we cut them? Because I just was in Maine last year and they, cut the way they electrical wire, they just cut all the ones that are going to be near the electrical wire so the tree looks half, but at least it's
0: there. Absolutely. Well, the thing about it was that um, the way how we work, we have the site, the archaeological reserve, we have the school garden, we have a model of what maybe what you'd call organic farming. Gardening, and then we have um, a visitor center, education, right? So we have four pillars. And that, those four pillars became manifested. Well, the, the, the community called me, this was a Sunday, to say this had happened. And they were horrified. And so I immediately went there. And it was a heart wrenching experience. But the trees for me are like people, their life, it's humanity. And to have it, cocked like that is like you're your bleeding, you know? So we went to the police and explained to the police. And I mean, we were not getting any kind of result or appreciation. So when Annabelle came and we, we decided we we're going to the headquarters in the city. And uh, when we got to the city- wait, but What about
3: Sister Barbara in between? Didn't we have her letter Yeah, already? we had Sister
0: Barbara, we had Sister Barbara. And um, the thing is that the school is a Catholic school, uh, owned by the Catholic school, and so we approached um, we approached the manager, Sister Barbara, um, and she was devastated, and she wrote <clears throat> she wrote a very strong letter. But as that was happening, we went to the headquarters, and we sat. I said, Annabelle, we're going to sit right at this door here, because everybody has to pass this door, right? <laughs> and we're not going to leave here until we see someone. And, um, and we called Rene, when he told us that uh, he had the number for the, the CEO, because we're not getting contact with anyone. So um, we were able to establish a link with the, the people of the electric company and rather than take an adversarial position like, you all cut the trees and you all are going to, you know, be so um, contradictory because you have an environmental policy here. We decided to take up an approach of engagement and relationship building. And um, so in that process, we, we learned that it is, um, one of the things I've learned with Elprima, which is a gift, is that we provide space and opportunity for people to shift their energy and get to know one another better. And even as we've been working with the communities, I remember we went into a particular community called Bullet Tree, where we do have an educational visitor center, but it was compromised and shut down. And so (laughs) we called a meeting of the community And I said to my beloved colleague and friend here, I will speak. Let us agree that you will be quiet. She was very obedient. And I asked all the community leaders to speak about their concerns for the community one by one. And I listened and facilitated a gathering where we came to an understanding that they had a buy-in and it wasn't just about complaining, but seeing how seeing how we could move forward, maybe we, if there are any comments or questions at this point, maybe we can, you know, speak to that, speak to them.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I wonder. One thing that we might not have made clear is LPLR is a binational reserve. You did mention something like that. Absolutely. And, and it, um, yes, it, yes, yes, yes. It, 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 it. There's a whole process that happened, you know, behind meeting. I mean during Harriet's, uh, uh, I guess, Stan, Aunt Aunt Harriet and Harriet um, and Harriet, your husband and um, and Godsman your father were involved with the development of this um, reserve. And in fact, um, it, it, we would, I should say that while um, Guatemala was on board, um, it turned out that Godsman Ellis created this, um, found this funding to actually support um, the creation of the boundaries. And once those right, boundaries right. Were, were created in 1995 and the statutory instrument that created the LPL Archaeological Reserve for Maya flora and fauna was established in 1998, right. uh, the Konap and, uh, and uh, Idai, the counterpart uh, nature and culture in Guatemala Mm. Set to establish the cultural monument and then the boundaries as well, and those boundaries are those boundaries that we are mapping today.
1: Uh, mm. the,
3: um, uh, I think that uh, it was alluded to by Eva that um, we have all this fancy um, lidar now, but lidar doesn't yes, tell us. Yeah, lidar doesn't tell us where the sites are. We're finding the sites. It just gives us the great topography to place these sites. Uh, so, so we are. We, um, we were, of course, everyone during the COVID quiet, didn't get to do much uh, outside, but we're now, I'm, well, <laughs> I'm from California, it's, Cynthia's in California and she's from Belize and I'm in Belize and we're in the field working right now, although not today, we're, I mean, working in the lab today. Um, I have a few little vehicle problems. We had the glow plugs not working right on my truck, which is my reliable entry into lp of a smaller truck that doesn't really go all the right places but anyway that uh, we are working uh, to map the binational reserve and we plan by the time of the belize archaeological symposium which is the end of this month. Um, around <laughs> June 28 um, to have finished. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, 14 plus six is. Or Four, of 18 square kilometers of a 20 square kilometer um, binational reserve, which Beautiful. will tell us uh, the 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 forest and the gardens that we want the youth to, use, yeah. to uh, from the education side, from the um, from the uh, field, uh, the the example model, and from the kanankash uh, uh, Forest Garden to actually bring up people who can actually um, go forward and. And work with the forest as a garden. Not so
0: perhaps maybe we could mention about the Maya the identity um, with uh, Alfonso when there's this discussion that the Maya have disappeared.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you a, yeah, it is kind of funny that um, uh, one of the thoughts is that the Maya uh, developed this fancy, wonderful, magnificent culture and then they disappeared. And uh, the people here who are taught from the European perspective, not from the local Maya forest perspective, are taught that the Maya disappeared. And Alfonso has a wonderful um, way of telling the story that he says that it was only in his adult age that he was able to connect himself. And he speaks Mayan with the ancient monuments like El Pilar. And um, it's this year I've been working with Alfonso, his uncle, whose name is Rodolfo, um, and also Hector Mai, who's a retired um, Maya forest gardener and herbarium. He ran the herbarium in um, in Belize. And um, Narciso, who's also a forest gardener, to um, to uh, actually understand how you might use the forest as a construction. How do you build houses and where do you find them? So uh, uh, so if someone says something is for construction, well, only well, certain kinds. They have to have chulul. It may be our new motto. Uh, chulul means the heart of the of the um, of the the post or the tree, and you have to have chulul to be able to be a good post and, and support a house. Uh, uh, so um,
0: it has been a very important um, experience, um, Annabelle, to have you as one of the few champions who. Uh, embrace the community and embrace um, indigenous people of which I am. I am Garifuna and Garifuna and Maya aligned together. And it's important to have that love, that honor and that respect Which you are one of the few archeologists who does that in Belize. And um, I thought perhaps maybe we could talk a bit about building these bridges, these connections, these coalitions as we're on this program with Eva. Um, I'm the champion of the Duke of Edinburgh Award, which endorses the work of El Pilar. And our focus is intentional in terms of um, inclusion of young people and developing a succession strategy. And how can we um, change the narrative and the conversation to be more inclusive? The award is an international program and um, we focus on um, a a journey, adventure journey, and coming out of the comfort zone and the box, because what happened is that Annabelle came to Belize when she was 19. And we're not going to say how young she is right now, but certainly she brings a team of people with her uh, with various skills um, and opportunities. Um, We have a geospatial engineer. We have um, people who do GPS and so on and so forth. And even when we went to the Guatemala side, I mean, indigenous people, we don't have boundaries. We embrace the world in its totality and our respect, honor, and love for earth and the world. But we went to Guatemala and it was just amazing for me when we met a team from Germany that was um, doing all this GPS and, and, and LIDAR. And there were two young men from the team who were just engrossed. With the ability to exchange, you know? And I just was so fascinated watching them. And this young lady from Germany was doing the documentation, and she was 16 years, just graduated from high school. So the, the part that is very exciting for us is the succession. And I was able to really present that when the major from the backs of the military unit in Belize. Uh, went to El Pilar, I escorted him to El Pilar, and he started to um, make reference to that. And as a result, we are going to get support in the developing the resources of the garden. So um, uh, Annabelle, it was your dream or your vision for us to have the exhibition. So maybe we can speak a little bit to that. Um, You began it here in California, right?
3: Oh yeah, uh, yeah, in fact, at UCSB, I worked with a student who was in anthropology and in um, museum studies, and we put on a little exhibit where we looked at um, at uh, elite and non-elite uh, Maya artifacts and how you cope with them or deal with them. And we had an exhibit in the library. And then we also looked at um, how we tell that in, um, in examples of, um, everyday life in Santa Barbara. So we were able to use an east-west map where we had Isla Vista and a student, um, uh, let's just say a student um, set, a table setting, which included a a, a plastic cup and an old broken type of plate and an unmatching stainless ware. And then we had uh, sort of the average Californian from Santa Barbara that had something that matched and was sensible and, but uh, clearly uh, matching. And then something that would have been, we imagined could have been something in Montecito, which would have a much more fancier uh, kind of table setting. And I think it really evoked uh, what we were wanting to do. And that was the start of an idea when we started talking with the um, Mexican ambassador and they have, the Mexican embassy has a cultural, cultural building i don't know what it call cultural center in in uh, belize yeah, city yeah. and it took us a number of years to really pull it all together because we needed to have collections from uh from the uh, uh I mean, from, the, from well we needed stuff from the community we also needed materials from archaeology and ultimately from the museum of belize right. and uh, what we did for that was called chaya dinner with the maya but we had we set up something that would look like Kinds of things that you'd expect in a Maya household, and Macduff Everton has just absolutely fantastic uh, photos of traditional Maya lifeways that we were able to use. Um, uh, really a wonderful um, addition. And then we had the example where we we had to figure out how to show the um, the uh, uh, the student from. Uh, from University of Belize and the average Belmopan person, and then we used the Governor Generals. So we wanted to use the the Mexican ambassador, but it, it turned out he did not want to loan a plate that had the escudo, you know, the um, emblem of um, Mexico, Mexico, because apparently the new president, Mr. Amlo, because that was the president uh, that we have still now. I don't know if you broke something, you had to pay some extreme fine or something. And he said he was just going to go up to Chetumal and buy something. I said, no, 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 it has to be something sumptuary. It has to be something that was that's equivalent of a fancy Maya pot. Absolutely. Um, so we asked we we asked the director of the museum if he couldn't get a, a plate that would be something in that case. It wasn't the governor general or was it the governor general? Um, you wouldn't have had a governor. You would have been a, no. We got it at the we got it the King George something or another. Yeah, but it was something from the or maybe it's the British embassy or something Absolutely. like that. No, it was not a fancy plate, but it had the it had the emblem, F- which not just anyone could get. That was the point, and so mm-hmm. you could compare um, your life, like uh, you know what you mm-hmm. might have and what uh, what traditional people have. I one time used that example. I, I gave a talk to third graders at Kate which is a um, private school in, um, the, uh, in, in uh, the Santa Barbara area. Mm-hmm. And uh, lamentably, not thinking about where these people came from, it was just after the presidential inauguration of um, mm-hmm. Clinton, as it turns out. And I used the example, we were talking about fancy pots and they said, well, just like how many people eat off of presidential sealed China? And lamentably, there were hands up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but not <laughs> Yeah, but the thing the, the power of that exhibition is that it built on the work we had done all over the country with the National Library, where we were um we were in presenting small exhibits and inviting the community to share experiences about the wealth of the garden, the I mean the forest gardening. And um, people were very engaging in terms of the, the forest, for construction, for food, for medicine, for shade, climate change, and so on. So it was a very powerful uh, movement on which we built the the exhibit. And as a result of the exhibit, a couple of things happened. We present other cultures uh, in addition to the Maya, including the Garifuna. And we established the fact that the first archeology archaeology commissioner was a Garifuna, Dr. Joseph Palacio, and we celebrated him as well. And we had a number of children, school children, young people participate. And um, powerful for us was that the Department of Archaeology, Um, the Institute, National Institute of Culture, was so impressed that they asked that we um, take the exhibit to the museum, which is where we are. And uh, one of the experiences that I learned and we learned through this journey is to um, break the cycle of fear and intimidation. I'm speaking namely of COVID a number of things happened around the world with COVID and um, the museum was basically um, wanting to shut down. And um, Annabelle and I spent a lot of time encouraging and motivating the staff that no, we are communicating virtually. So why not have a virtual exhibit? So fast forward to now, as a result of our encouragement and our tenacity, we have a memorandum of understanding with the government of Belize. Could you speak a little to that, Annabelle?
3: Yeah, I have actually several things. This is something we really need support with because um, prior to the experience of COVID, which might not have created such a wonderful MOU like we have, the memorandum of understanding, they were going to just move right ahead and take the exhibit and take it sort of as it was. But through our conversations, it turned out that they felt that of course, my language was way too erudite and they should make it much more accessible. And they discovered that it was really a possibility to build in this new Belizean studies program that the education department is um, promoting. And they thought transformations and continuity and transformations was a theme. And they could really see that the kind of thing that we were doing at uh, the Chaya dinner with the Maya. Chaya is a wonderful tree spinach. And, um, and uh, it's something that the Maya have given both uh, the Maya forest people, everyone around here can eat Chaya, but I have actually brought it to Santa Barbara and share it with people as well. And it's a wonderful tree spinach that someone who one thing we one thing I want to bring up really importantly in terms of help help with the in, in how we'll manage creating the um, exhibits and actually printing the materials creating we want to do a virtual and a physical exhibit the virtual want to reach out uh, because of course all the language and I artwork and things that will be appropriate for printing would also be appropriate for the virtual um, access but one of the key parts as the forest garden It's the forest garden in El Pilar. And we have a wonderful forest gardener who has helped me since 1983. His name is Narciso Torres. And um, I call to Ava and others who uh, know uh, Chancellor Yang. He has made a promise and it was going to happen in 2020, but of course other things happened as you said, um, and the COVID eliminated that, but I need to move forward on on reaching out to Henry Yang to invite um, uh, Narciso up perhaps this November and create a very wonderful, he said that he wanted to give him the highest chancellor honor, isn't that what
0: he told you? Um, he did. He told me that in fact, the beautiful thing about this um, relationship is honor. And um, Annabelle always says that she got her doctorate by getting information from our healers and our indigenous people. And I appreciate that um, affirmation that she gives. And so as she kept saying it over and over, and we started to call him Dr. Narciso Torres. And so that the doctorate is not just something you get in a building and a university, but the honoring and the embrace from your own people and community and the world. And so um, when I spoke with, well, I went to Santa Barbara University of California, Santa Barbara, and I spoke with the chancellor, he was very thrilled and very supportive. And he said, I will, I, I will give him the chancellor's award, which is just we want to be thankful for that and hope that you all could be present for that. For well, that yeah, we you know, want because to, we it's wanted not just to, for him, it's for all of us, you know. We all well, also,
3: also, we we discovered that the you know, like um the ambassador, the Belize ambassador to Guatemala, mm-hmm. and his um his uh the, the council, who is actually um, oh, yeah. Adelso, Leslie,
0: Adelso, Leslie.
3: yes. The yes, son yes. of Robert Leslie. Wow, amazing. Who, yeah. is, who is a relative of Yol.
0: So we have a lot of wonderful friends and we cultivate and we, like the plants, you know, we, um, our, our, friend, our colleague um, Alfonso says that the plants recommend themselves. So we are recommending ourselves too <laughs> in this Please. journey. I I love. this like is a love
1: journey. Uh, uh, yes. Do so we have a question and actually a, something that I think would be very helpful to everyone. Could you give a little bit of a background of, on El Pilar and what its history is and some of the okay. things that you, you know, why this is so important and mm-hmm. why, you know, you're so passionate about this?
3: Well, um, I think that um, maybe that's my account, uh, Cynthia, I, but I think that it has, it has layers. But, you know, I, I, I'm an archaeologist who really is interested in how the landscape is used and how people um, it really built a sustainable lifestyle um, and how, how we can actually better understand it. This idea that the Maya disappeared, but they're here right now is, is one of these ironies. And everyone says that the Maya, uh, you know, that the sites were abandoned, and they don't look at transformations and continuity as uh, as we do. And El Pilar definitely, ultimately, was not maintained. But let us say that that's certainly for the last 500 years. It wasn't for a thousand years ago when the height of the Classic period happened. And um, my work has focused on the development of Maya civilization. So that means looking at the process from about um, 3,000 years ago to about 1,000 years ago, how the Maya uh, developed and settled on this landscape that is, we call the Maya forest and how they used it and developed these major cities. Uh, That major cities are abandoned. I might might remind everyone, um, have you been to um, uh, places like Detroit, um, which have transformed in the last 50 years to something different than they were intended to? And no one mentions that the railways and how how we have probably ghost towns, all these places that were very important 150 years ago are now no longer that. So we need to think of not how how cities um, rise and fall, but how people and their land use um, changes and how their commitments change and how their uh, support changes. And I think LPLR gives us a lot of that both in in its prehistory, which I just gave you a broad brush. And I certainly can, I can uh, later maybe um, share with you, Heidi, and I can send a few little nice, um, easy stories to read uh, about El Pilar. And it's per, a, important part in, it can play in learning how to conserve the American tropics, which is one of the things we really feel. And if we understand better how the Maya used the landscape and can link that to contemporary Maya land use and their language, which is Consider the same language that the um, ancient Maya used, we might be able to start looking at uh, more su- uh, sustainability in these areas by not just using Western conventional strategies, but melding in the strategies that the ancient Maya would have used. People are not, I'm sure, going to go back to how the ancient Maya lived exactly. But you talk to people like Alfonso and Hector and um, Narciso and, um, and Rodolfo and other people that I've, I've met and come to know, they are using the forest as a garden. And in fact, are kind of mystified how, how things got so transformed where now uh, the kinds of things that they, they would build a house, for example, Rodolfo, I'm trying to learn how what kinds of resources and where you would find resources in the Maya forest. So at El Pilar, for example, I know, I have an idea how they use the landscape. So where would they be using? Uh, how would they find posts for their houses? How would they thatch their um, roofs? How would they find firewood? What would they use for um, their utensils in their house? How did those belongings become part of their um, of their uh, life? And 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 how how do they depend on it? So we 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 go to a store. I don't know. We have the hardware store and we have the Supermarket, and we have the um, the uh, farmers market, and we have the home improvement center, and I don't know all the different places. where we we make a plan, and we have our daily things, our weekly things, our maybe monthly things we do, and annual things we do, or annual things that might happen—a leak in the uh, in uh, a roof or a problem with the plumbing. All these things have to be dealt with. They're not daily things, but they are things that are. Daily needs, and um, I think that the way that LPR can play a role, especially, and then I, uh, uh, it is by understanding how this forest garden um, evolved. One of the things how- that I
0: think um, we need to present is um, forest gardening around the world, or forests around the world that, and that's a source of a lot of um, pharmaceutical, like medicines and 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 resources for other countries, and. Um, And it gives us a model for food sovereignty, which is different from food security. Um, We have an importation when when Annabelle and I went to Guatemala, um, the ambassador was sharing with us that Belize um, many years ago had imported so many million dollars worth of ramen noodles. And so we're looking at uh, the shift in lifestyle. People are talking about um, um, healthy eating, organic foods, and so on. And the forest provides a source. The forest is our supermarket. can be our supermarket and medicine cabinet. So there needs to be a, a conversation. I mean, I just came from the Forum of the United Nations for Indigenous People. And this is one of the things that came up, that our countries, the countries of Central America and the Caribbean, um, have been organized economically for Um, exportation of food and importation of food. So this is something that we certainly need to give some value to. Um, Perhaps this is a way in which we can have collaboration and links uh, with young people, children from here in the United States and in Belize in terms of curriculum development. Um, I was approached by a school in San Diego um, about some of the um, indigenous practices and Annabelle had shared with me, um, Well, they wanted to find an, an indigenous woman in Central America who was fighting for the uh, uh, affirmation and, and recognition of indigenous uh, um, people. And certainly our landscape is one of that. Um, I wanted to um, ask for that. Alan Bell shares about gangster gardening here in Los Angeles where the, um, and we also, she and I went to a um, herbarium in Santa Barbara, or a a
3: garden. The the Santa Barbara uh, Botanic Garden. Absolutely, and
0: there the lady, the young lady was telling us that they have movements where people are being encouraged to to, um, provide gardens in their communities and in their neighborhoods, so this um, link and collaboration is even more possible now that we have virtual virtual ways of being. And we also are very uh, honored by uh, the recognition of the HOPI, um in Indian who is at Harvard University. And she and I, we promote the um, recognition of different ways of knowing, different ways of being, and to really shift the paradigm as far as moving away from the, this, this other way, um, which we fight with in our, in my country anyway, um, because people want to do the top-down way of addressing issues relating to food, relationship to medicine, and so on. So um, I would like to maybe pause for some
1: questions or some comments. Feel free to raise your hand um, in the little raise your hand button.
3: On the chat. Yeah. Well, you know, so uh, it really, LP law can be a focal point of how ancient people were sovereign. They didn't have any 747s or rhema noodles to bring in something. And, and if we honor that, and we think that those are magnificent places, we need to figure out how to, um, Reflect that. And um, one of the ways I have thought of it at El Pilar is what I call archaeology under the canopy. And um, so the archaeology is not something uh, that you imagine and then remodel, or as I might say, remodel, but you leave windows open to different ideas and places where we have some data that show exactly what was there and then let people imagine the rest of it. And um, I think that that is something we need to, that's another way to respect the ancient resources. And instead of using your imagination and reconstructing it in some way that at that moment we thought that's how it looked, might not be how it looked. I mean, there's a famous example, um, Alfonso Ruiz was the first person who found and worked at uh, Palenque, a beautiful site. But he thought that there were four, in Mexico, Yeah, he thought there were four, four uh, terraces in this one building, but now they know they're three, but they keep the other four there because Ruiz, they honor Ruiz with it. So it's kind of a, I don't know if anyone knows that, but you know, it's something you have to be careful of how you interpret things.
1: We do have a question.
3: Barbara, do you want to uh, ask your question? Hi, Annabelle. <laughs> oh, Barbara, how great to see you.
4: Thanks. Good to see you. I don't really have a question. I just want to say I am super excited about this collaboration. It just seems like it was literally made in heaven. I'm sure the ancestors are very happy with with both of you. You must years. be
0: grateful.
4: Yeah, and I just I just want to support you in that. And if the tribal yeah, trust can help you in any way,
3: um, that's you know, great. please let we me should, know. Yeah, we should when we get when we get to know the date that narciso comes let's move let's move a little on that are Absolutely. you still okay. in the east coast where are you worried?
4: no i'm actually based now um temporarily in florida but i yeah, in okay. i'm in santa barbara at least four times a year you know okay
0: yeah. okay where well, to florida are you
4: i'm in um wellington it's west of west palm beach mm-hmm. s- south okay. florida on the
0: Beautiful. yeah Beautiful. On the east coast so we appreciate it, and one of the things that has been spawned from our labor of love is that um, we are supporting like we won't say museum development, but museum collaboration and outreach. So there are a number of like communities. Well, we our approach to museum is like a living. We are living museum. We are not in exactly. so physical material things. It's a relationship between the environment and people, nature and nurture. So this is an area that we certainly want to um, get support with. And other groups have been inspired. The Garifuna, Mestizo uh, have been inspired with El Pilar as a model. And because of COVID, which has been a blessing in a sense, our world has widened. And we'd like to embrace that wider world And that's one of the reasons why I'm still in the United States because I do believe that by cultivating relationships here, we're able to get a deeper understanding of how to um, transform the world to appreciate earth, to appreciate mother nature. So um, thank you so much. Uh,
3: Thank you. Barbara, you should come down again. Barbara was with that famous expedition that uh, Eva was talking about. Mm-hmm.
4: And then remember, yes. I came again um, yeah. to celebrate my 50th birthday, oh. Oh, <laughs> which that's was right. quite a that's few special. years ago.
0: <laughs> that's actually, you should come back again.
4: <laughs> I'll, I definitely will. We have lots to, yeah, well, I'll follow up with both of you. We have, we have some. Um, yeah. One in, of the things uh, that
0: um, Annabelle took me to some places here in California, we went, I don't remember exactly where, it felt like a whirlwind where there's this colleague of hers that um, produces products from the rainforest, like uh, the teens. Oh, that's Ticino.
3: Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. uh, 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 that's, uh, Carolyn McDougall.
0: Mm -hmm. So we're very, I'm very excited at things like that, where we add value. Um, Narciso and I are in the forest all the time. Um, And uh, one day when we were there, he said, wait, look. I said, what? he said there are cedar trees, seedlings, you know, and we harvested uh, over 650 seedlings that day without effort. So we are imagining a world where there is no lack. So we are speaking, we are speaking from a place of, of uh, wealth, not lack. So it, I think it would be a beautiful opportunity to get support in, in navigating that as we Move along with children and young people. And um, my vision and Annabelle's vision and others is that El Pilar is a place for peace, a place for transformation. And we're hoping that the world could appreciate the the tranquility of that space Mm -hmm. Um, as a heritage site. Yeah, that's a good place to
3: uh, pause and say thank you to everyone for st- spending time with us. That's a, And we do uh-huh. want LPLR as a peace park. That is really important. We failed to bring that up. As a great closing remark.
2: that Before you close any remarks, there are people who've been having their hands up.
3: Okay, let's hear. This is, I it's their Dale, turn.
2: Dale had yeah. her
5: hand up first. So Dale, you go first. I'll go second. Oh,
4: okay. thank you. Thank you so much, Geeta. I appreciate that. Um, yes, yeah, so I have some very rudimentary questions coming from ignorance, and the f- the first one is to learn a bit more, and I know we don't have a lot of time here, but about the Garifuna people, because I just find that fascinating. And the second part of the question I'm going to throw these both out is is the Mayan? I mean, you had had Annabelle, you had mentioned that there are still If I heard you correctly, still Mayans, still people of Mayan? Absolutely, all over. There is many, probably over a
3: million Maya living here, or maybe more, I don't know.
4: And as a former linguist, I was also interested in the Mayan language and whether that language also, if the Mayan people who, who still exist, if they are still speaking at least the core Mayan language. So let's start there and then I'd love to hear about Garifu. Yeah, the Maya, I,
3: I, it's a wonderful question because this language of Maya hieroglyphs is the language people are, speak, are speaking today. Of course, it's transformed because they have to speak after 500 years, there's a lot of changes. But if they're speaking about their Milpa cycle, if they're speaking about the forest, if they're speaking about the trees, like one of the trees that's a dominant tree of the Maya forest is called Kaniste. K is te or Che means tree or, or stick, and if that's something that is is a tree-like thing, but Kan is yellow, and the flower and the fruit are yellow, and so I mean it's very interesting. Another one has I don't know if I'm going to say it, Habkan it means five hand and it's uh, it's its leaves have five lobes and, and I mean so to divorce to say that the Mayan a language today is nothing like the Maya of the past really makes you think that people aren't aren't considering the links and that uh, in the same place I was mentioning Pacal uh, uh, Palenque in Mexico Pacal was this very famous um, uh, uh obviously self-aggrandized, he built this temple of the inscriptions and put his sarcophagus in there. So when he died, he was placed in there. And that sarcophagus has his relatives all the way around it. And they're all different trees. There's avocado, Nancy, cacao, the forested garden. To think that they did not have forest gardens and they had to live, they had to have their posts, they had to have everything, all those names, Are things that have a history that goes back into the classic period and well before, I'm going to say at least 4,000 years of the Maya land use. So, and the people I'm talking to, I mean, they're discovering, I mean, they're having fun with me because my questions just make them think. And I'll have, I'll be in a group trying to find out, you know, how to build a house. This is my latest thing. And they'll start in a language I might know, either English or Spanish, but then they'll revert into Mayan. And you can see they're just, you know, arguing, discussing, whatever, and then they'll finally say, no, Luwin is not the one you're talking about. Wait a minute, what was all that stuff? I, I don't speak Mayan, but uh, but you know that they're debating and enjoying it, and when I leave, these people are, you know, have smiles on their face that I've, I've evoked something that gives them a chance to show their expertise, and they see it's necessary, so it is very exciting. The language... The word kash and means well-managed forest. And then everything with kash has names, you know, so- soil that is good, forest with good soil, forest that has beehives, all those things. And even to the scent that they'll say, otosh kash, which means the forest is my home. And I've provoked uh, with this famous Alfonso we talk about, he says, you know, I really wonder what Annabelle means by that. And he says, I finally think, well, we're at home in the forest, and the forest we need for our home so there we have Otosh
4: and it's almost so then, like it's almost like Eskimos with 40 words for show. exactly for
3: show. Ex- exactly I and, and if we respect that we have to know and but the fact is is that the Eskimo didn't build the Maya mo- monuments and so we have this construction that's the top-down oh we discovered it when right. really they're right there right, and, right. Uh, that's and I so have great. a great I'll put in I'll put in the little um, uh, the little I, I'm adding a little. A few little things to get to give to people later. There's this wonderful video and it says, but you're talking to one. <laughs> oh, Lovely. Just because they're not wearing yeah. fancy outfits and not and they can speak English, you know, uh, doesn't mean a, that they well, aren't um, mine.
0: A beautiful yeah. thing. Thank you for that sharing, Annabelle. Um, Arifuna. Um, Garifuna. I am uh, with the Garifuna Nation. Actually, I am an um, ambassador at large for the Garifuna Nation. And and we are people who were, were never enslaved. We are people who combined. Originally, we were called Black Caribs. And there are different versions of how we came to be in Central America, but I will give the, the colonial version, which is that um, we refused to succumb to enslavement. And, um, and as a result, we, we combined with the indigenous people in the, uh, in the Caribbean countries and all over us, and, and um, we were um, transported to Central America. I'm giving a simplified version. There are almost a million of us in the world, especially in the Americas, and it is said, um, here in California, in Los Angeles, I met a woman from Senegal, and she says that Garifuna came from, uh, from Senegal and, and Mali and that we have been kings and queens. So um, anyway, so our, um, our uh, authenticity is that we were very close to with Maya and we came to Central America specifically to Belize before the Europeans. Uh, we were settled there. And um, the United Nations has declared the Garifuna in 2001 as a masterpiece uh, culture for humanity. Um, one of the things that is questioned is how is it we were able to maintain our identity in spite of all the adversity and trauma that we experience and the genocide that we experience. The Catholic church um, from the you know, United States used or saw the Garifuna as being people who we get along with all people from all races. And so we were identified, Annabelle mentioned um, Dr. Bar- I mean, Barbara Flores. Um, she um, is one who, who, she's Garifuna and she speaks to that um, issue of the power of Garifuna spirituality. In fact, the Catholic church has identified Garifuna spirituality as a model for spiritual engagement for the Catholic Church, so we have um, worked. Uh, we have we were a, we opened the schools in Belize with the Maya. So the school that we uh, the Kanakash is one that's a Catholic school, and most of the the principals of the schools were Garifuna. Are Garifuna, so we are still very significant in the country and in the world, and here in the United States as well. We are very present. There are thousands of us. In fact, here in Los Angeles, I found out um, there was a first ever forum for migrants. So they're running for political office, the mayor, you know. And I found out that the largest, um, the largest population in Los Angeles, uh, Belizeans are part of that. Imagine, you know. So I'm like very excited about that and the potential of that. And so as we are moving towards. Uh, a different world, the conversation could be, how can we learn from each other?
4: That is so, both of your answers were so fabulous. Thank you so much. Ita,
2: my love.
5: Yeah, first of all, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to Cynthia and to Annabelle and to also just share that uh, this semester that just finished uh, at Columbia University uh, my students, my post-professional 42 students, worked on Belize. Oh my. Yes, so, well, we we did, uh, so we are, uh, this is an urban design studio and we worked on Belize because it has uh, one of the most spectacular, uh, you know, reef and natural assets. And then our program was, how do you design as architects and urban planners uh, to preserve that beautiful uh, nature and people? And how do you uh, you create urban areas that support rather than deplete the uh, environment? Mm -hmm. And we learned about Garifuna, one of my uh, student groups, they worked on the Mango Creek watershed, right? Yes, Mm -hmm. uh, right there, and we learned about Milpa. And we learned about the Mayan calendar and this whole semester from January till May, we were going to go there. But because of COVID, the university didn't allow us. So we had ongoing conversation with local people, local leaders, uh, local NGOs. Uh, and it, it was just I have so much love for Belize. I can't wait to go there now. But I just want to say let's how us follow up. Let's
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much uh, let's, yeah, let's actually
5: our work is all uh, published it's online. I will I can actually put in the chat a link uh, so you can see all the drawings that the students made and uh, uh, and the uh, work that they did. Uh, just we were so much all in love with Belize. <laughs> uh,
0: so, thank you yeah, thank I you so much thank that. you. I thank appreciate you. it a lot and and we need that kind of encouragement. We have a student from Ohio State, um, Rachel. And Rachel came to one of the Garifuna communities and she studied my life, my life of organizing in Belize. And that's a common connect with Annabelle and I. We have dedicated our lives to uh, engaging with people. And um, so the work that um, she's helping me with my memoirs and organizing with women and giving back to the community That's my strength, that's my gift that I want to share. And I don't limit this to Belize, but to the world and to humanity. And right now, as you know what's happening in this country better than I do in terms of the the hate, help enlarge the opportunity for love, for transformation, for peace, for tranquility, an invitation to really have a space where we can dream and live a different world when I bring young people to El Pilar from the, the war torn areas of our communities, immediately they begin to transform just by being into the beauty and richness of the forest. And they don't want to go back. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, maybe, Gita, well, we you. could design design a project uh, with your students for L.P.L.A.R. and how it connects to the uh, education and to the fourth garden and so forth in another time.
0: Yeah. So yeah, thank yeah. you, that thank you. Be I believe laughing. in divine flow. You know, I'm the, I am the. I don't know what name you want to put me, part of our relationship. This is the archaeologist here who I love, and I tell her I don't know anything about archaeology. She tells me I know a lot. Um, But I believe that nothing is by accident. Everything is by design. And we are in part of a divine flow right here. And I believe in moving with that flow that will embrace some projects, but also cultivate relationships of love for the earth and for ourselves, for humanity. Thank you.
5: Thank you. I just put the link in the chat. So if anyone wants to click on that, you'll be able to see the uh, story map of what we did. Thank you so much again.
2: I can imagine that this is just the beginning of a relationship between Gita and Cynthia and Annabelle. And that it's going to be incredibly fantastic, you know, it, because Belize is magical and also magical. Are magical women. So.
0: <laughs> it's clear, it's clear. And, thank you, clear. Eva, thank you, thank and you. Eva,
5: you are magical in bringing us all Absolutely,
0: together. that's what I was going <laughs> to say. I just wanted to give a little story that Annabelle was laughing. Um, I had the opportunity, um, the Royals visited Belize recently, Kate and um, William. And so they visited a Garifuna community called Hopkins. And um, like my spirit told me to go there to be present anyway. I ended up being in the welcoming of the the royals, you know, and I'm there standing with um, William, Prince William, and Kate. And I said to them, um, I said to him, you know, I love your mother very much. She had a heart for humanity. And he said, I love her too. So we were having this conversation that nobody was able to hear. So I said to him, I would like you to dance with us, but we were doing Garifuna dancing, you know? He said, I can't dance. I told him, I will teach you. We will teach you. And so we had this dance. And I said to him, like this One thing about the Garifuna people is that when we're dancing, it's not about entertainment, it's about healing, it's about transformation, it's about love, it's about connecting with the earth because we dance barefoot. (laughs) And I said, So he came and he danced. And I said to him, It is part of our transformation process. As we dance, we are shedding a lot of negative stuff and we are in unity with each other. So he danced and then when he came back, I told him, you are Garifuna, okay? (laughs) He said, I am. I said, yes, you are. So this is a, a really important gathering that we are having here. I appreciate each and every one of you and I invite you to dance with us. Maya, Garifuna, mestizo—all so groups—we have a connectedness and a love for nature and humanity. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Thank you. This was wonderful, and maybe one day we'll go back and visit the forest gardens again. That Thank you, Annabelle
4: thank
1: you thank you thank you what a special special um uh, thank you both and thanks everyone for joining us thank
0: today. you in regard Says ceremony thanks thank you, thank you. Thank you. sereme niebo thank <laughs> you sereme niebo sereme niebo muito buyu.
3: muito buyu, i know that one mm-hmm. okay and we yeah, say yeah. thank you and mm-hmm. gracias and uh, 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 be chappelle. Uh, let me
0: just grace you. The, like, Spirit is telling me to do this, right? Uh, it's uh, when, when you invite someone, when we invite someone to our space. Piar pidi pera Maldaba. Piar pidi pera Maldaba. Piar at pidi pera Maldaba. Ka itni inanegi. he said. He said, you can go, but you will come back. You can go, but you will come back. You can go, but you will come back. My heart is aching for the love of you, love of you. That's for the birthday girl too. <laughs> come back to the list, okay?
2: See you next week in California.
1: Bye-bye. Yay.
2: Bye-bye. Yeah, bye.